it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome again to another Sunday edition of Rod and Real Radio. I am your indeed your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And it is a pleasure to have you all listening tonight. Hey, we've got a great show, as Mark Larson said, signed up for uh, ready for you tonight. Yeah, let me give you a, just a brief preview on what's in store for you, you know. Have you ever thought, how does someone go about fishing one of these big fishing tournaments, especially a tournament like the Bisbee Black and Blue Marlin Tournament that's down in Cabo San Lucas every year? 120 teams fished this year. We're going to be speaking with Zach Zorn that has only fished this tournament once but also fished it this year. We're going to catch up with him, find out how we did. And then after Zach, Gary Graham is going to join us. You guys know Gary Graham is the outdoor writer for Western Outdoor News. Gary's going to give us an overview of what happened in this year's 2017 Bisbee Black and Blue Marlin Tournament. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And then if we can catch up with him, Captain Mike uh, uh, Franchek from Relentless Sports Fishing. He's right in the middle of a two-and-a-half day. He's going to be calling us on a sat phone to tell us how that trip is going. I've got to tell you guys, if you've not been paying attention to the counts, there is still great fishing to be had up there. Hopefully, Captain Mike is taking part of that. And then in the second hour, we're going to sit you over to the freshwater side. Pro Angler and Bassmaster Elite Angler of the Year, Brandon Palinek. He's going to join us. He's going to tell us about the up and down road that he traveled in order to get to this year's Angler of the Year and the Bassmaster Classic. And if that's not enough, capping off the show, Captain James Nelson, the fish icon, will be with us and we'll be going over how some of the inshore fishing is going, especially now that we're changing from a summer to an autumn pattern. It's all of this, but before we get it started, first of all, my co-host, Wendy Toshihara, her, her uh, friend Barrett was out on a day-and-a-half trip on the New Luan, and the boat limited out on bluefin tuna from the 50 to the 70-pound range. Barrett came back with his limit of bluefin tuna. Perfect. <laughs> and Wendy is at home seal-a-mealing these things even as we speak. So, Wendy, we miss you, but we'll be seeing you next week. But my other co-host for Ron Real Radio is here. He is a voice of one eight hundred Bass Boat. 
pretty darn good freshwater and saltwater fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy. How you doing, John? You know, Wendy's just suffering eating fresh sashimi, <laughs> and, and you and I have to do a radio show. There's a little bit of unfair there. She should at least, you know, bring some by. <laughs> share, but she can't. Uh, and I've been, there's, my deck of my bass boat has got all kinds of tackle. Finally, I, I don't have, there's no tournaments, and I haven't got a, a long range here trip until January. So now it's get all my gear re-rigged and ready to go, and I've got some new electronics for the boat I'm going to hook up here and get ready for my tournament season. But the deck of the boat has got all kinds of gear spread out for reorganization. <laughs> this is a good time of the year to do that, Stan. I think that's a, a good tip, you know, especially I know back in the uh, the Midwest and the Northeast, as the cold weather starts uh, setting in, we sell a tremendous amount of treble hooks, Gamagatsu treble hooks in particular, back there. And a lot of the guys will spend their entire season, or a good part of it, just replacing treble hooks so they have the good gummies on all their uh, uh, crankbaits and topwater baits. So well, You know, and that's, that's exactly part of it. I had, uh, I had several new baits, even jerk baits and surface baits, that um, I was taking the hooks off that are on there and putting gummies on, some with the, like the surface baits or jerk baits with a, a white feather on the tail end of it or uh, getting that ready. And then now um, I've got my own jig molds that I, I pour my own jigs with the uh, the Gamagatsu jig hooks. So I'm getting some of those ready for the for the uh, winter season here and trying to get all, you know, kind of things organized. Um, Robo came out with a new bait that's been working really well. It's kind of like their answer to the Ned rig. Uh, they got a couple, three different sizes, and um, those have been working really good for us here. But those of us have had a chance to fish them, but they're on the market now. I know you have them at the shop. Yep. So it's trying to seller. get the right jig head or the right, you know, well, whatever you want to use it for. Uh, there's several different ways to use it, but the right, um, whether you want a shaky head or a jig head or whatever you want to utilize that bait for, because there's several sizes, has been kind of a research. <laughs> so after we figured out what we want to do or what we like it the best, now it's getting just another box of, of tools, so to speak, ready for the tournament season. All right. Hey, Stan, let's get to our first guest because we're in contact with him. He's still down in Cabo San Lucas. He's uh, one of the participants in this year's Bisbee Black and Blue Marlin Tournament. He's our guy from Kessler Yachts, Mr. Zach Zorn. Zach, welcome to Ron Real Radio, sir. Hey, thank you, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. We, can, we can hear you fine. There's a little squawking in the background, but... Who knows? For all we know, that could be Emmanuel Valdez, who we had on last week, enjoying a couple of his tequila sunrises. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Zach, congratulations. But, but tell me, you know, last year you told us the story of how you made it onto one of the teams uh, that fished the Bisbee. This year you went via yeah. another route and still went down and participated. Relate to us the story on, on how you finally got down there to make this year's Bisbee. Oh, man, it's, it's kind of a good story. So it started about two months ago. Um, I went on a friend's charter boat, uh, Evan Salve, out of San Diego, and he had a uh, client at the time. 
And throughout the day, I was talking to him about the Bisbees and all the festivities and that you can actually make money fishing. And instantly he fell in love with the idea of fishing for big lump sums of money. And as he departed that night, he said, hey, I want you to find me a boat. I want a 40 Cabo, and I want to fish the Bisbees this year. And that was two months ago. And you, know, we and you said, okay. <laughs> what was that? I said, and you said, okay. You said, okay, no problem. <laughs> and then you got home and oh, you yeah, go, no, I, yeah, where am I going to come up with a 40-foot Cabo? But it sure sounds like you did it. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, like, I like coming up with both, and people need them. Yes. So it, we got him into an 05 40-foot Cabo uh, that had already had won the East Cape Bisbees prior, so we already knew it was a fishy boat. And the day that the sale closed, it was, I think it was a Monday morning. They left, they got the phone call at 8 a.m., the sale closed. They left at 9 a.m. for Cabo. <laughs> so the day the sale closed, this boat was headed to Cabo. All custom rods from Cousin Tackle, uh, all new reels, we basically got to stock the entire boat with anything we thought we needed to fish for the big game fish. Nice. So these are 130 uh, Shimano's um, and big IGFA Cousins Rod, Flying Gap, and uh, a plethora of lures. Well, well, you know, that's one thing you're going to need, <laughs> Every, yeah. everything you just said. Uh, the fish, the fishing down there had had just started getting better and better here. I know there were some uh, large fish caught, including tuna. So, you know, everything's getting better and better week to week. So oh, it is, you, but you should uh, have a Zach, good time. Tell us, uh, the boat got down there, and as a thank you, you got an invitation to go fish? Yeah, that's correct. So the, the owner, uh, one of the owners, he, he did all the fishing. His name is Davis. He uh, gave me the invite to come on down. Nice. So I joined Captain Evan Salve, and uh, the deckhand was Sam Long. And we flew in for the little Bisbees. And Evan had already been pre-fishing for about a week and had caught two qualifiers and seen a couple feeders. So he knew he wanted to focus his, his attention on the Pacific side. You can pick, you can either go towards the Sea Cortez or go up to the Pacific side. Um, but he had his little line off a little bank on the Pacific side that he wanted to work for all the tournaments. Um, the little business was great. We all got our program dialed in, and we decided we were going to go with jig program. You can also pick to fish jig, or you can slow troll live bait. The last right. year, we slow trolled live bait, uh, but this year we decided to go with the jig program. Uh, we did not catch a fish in the little business, but we felt confident going into the black and blue that we knew where we wanted to work. And, uh, Day one of the big busy rolls around, and we get out to our spot. Uh, it's about 10:30 a.m., and a big blue comes up on the mud flap. So we're pulling a mud flap teaser, which is like silhouettes of yellowfin tuna, just flapping on the water. Mm-hmm. It comes up, takes a swipe at, takes a swipe at the mud flap. Sam does a drop back uh, ladyfish. It takes a swipe at that, and then it just demolishes the short rigger. Mm. Nice. Oh man. And, and and instantly instantly Evan saw the whole thing and he knew it was a qualifier. I'm I'm clear in line, so my head's down. Apparently the fish was just tail walking on the water, just going nuts. And everybody's screaming, knowing, you know, it's a big fish, like this is the one that we need. And uh, we get all the lines cleared, get the we're pulling a dredge, so we've got to get the dredge up. 
and uh, Davis gets in the chair, and in 20 minutes, we had the boat, we had the fish from hook to gaff in 20 minutes. Nice. nice. Now, now uh, Zach, when you say a qualifier, what do you mean by a qualifier? So to qualify for a fish in the black and blue, you got to be over 300 pounds. Wow. So it can either be a black marlin or blue marlin, over 300 pounds. Um, and our fish came in at 442 pounds. <laughs> oh, that was yours. Good for you. I've got to give you credit. Evan Salve is one of the fishiest young guys on the on the Pacific Coast. He is a great skipper. Oh man. He really is. He he, he understands the water extremely well. Uh, and can see he, he can anticipate where the fish are going to be. Um, and we were pulling Marlin Magic lures, you know, Marlin Parker, uh, from from Kona. He makes some great lures like the Ruckus, uh, the Captain's Choice and the Boghead. So a lot of our lures were Bart Marlin Magic, the um, Koyas, just some, some big-name lures that just swam and popped really, really well and create a lot of commotion and smoke on the water. So you so had that, that big Marlin, uh, uh, Zach. How did you wind up doing? So we ended up taking fifth place overall. Uh, we, we, we missed the daily on day one. A 485-pound fish was mm. caught on that day. But wow. the team also weighed in a 298. So if you weigh in a fish that's under 300 pounds, you get points deducted, um, which took points away from their 480-pound fish. So we were 14 pounds shy of the daily. Oh. Had we had our fish been 14 pounds heavier, we would have made $980,000 more than what, <laughs> than what we made. Bummer. <laughs> well, this is a, a two-day event. Did you, that much. did you guys have any luck in, on the second day? On the second day, uh, we put the jigs out, and within 10 minutes, we had the right bite. It came on the short corner again, uh, zip pulled it out of the rigger, gave it a little zip. It went back to the long rigger, was zipped it for about a second or two, and that was it. And we're fishing about 32 pounds of drag at strike. So if the fish is pulling drag, you know it's a good one. Um, that fish was probably a qualifier, but unfortunately it didn't stick. That's just the name of the game. Wow. Wow. Well, well Zach, you know, uh, you've really opened our eyes in a way because when we think of Kessler Yachts, we think of uh, just offshore boats and, uh, you know, things were going, uh, you know, around. But the fact that you could come out with a boat that they could take down to Cabo San Lucas and fish the Bisbee with, that, that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit more about what you're doing at Kessler. So the, the process, each process changes with a boat, but a lot of boats are, are in an LLC. So we work with our clients really closely with our maritime attorneys, and when a, when a boat's in an LLC, you don't have to pay sales tax on it because it's selling a corporation rather than a boat, which is why boats are in LLC. So in this particular case, we had to work with maritime attorneys to get the LLC done because it's like buying a business. Yeah. And then we had to work with a lot of Mexican officials to get the import permits so it was a lot of uh, scrambling in two months to get everything uh, uh, finalized. But I love helping clients and meeting deadlines that are near impossible and finding boats. I've had clients that have been looking for a year or two for a specific boat, and I'm able to find it for them within a couple months. So that's very, very rewarding. What? And uh, going back to the tournament real quick, Yes. when you start fishing one of these tournaments, 
attention to detail is huge. The, oh, you're the not rules kidding. when it comes to leader length, gaff length, hook set, it all comes down to inches and being very, very precise. Wow. You know, well, that's the one good thing. You know, well, Evan, uh, Evan worked for a guy uh, named Mike Rujo, who happens to be my fishing partner in some of the events up here. And I, I know Mikey was on his way down. In fact, he was down there for the tournament, too, at least a little busy. Did he fish the big one also? Do you know? He did. I'm actually sitting right next to him right now. Really? Tell Mikey I said hi. <laughs> I will. I will. Sitting right next to him. He was fishing on Dialed In. Um, yep. They raised a couple good fish and a little busbies, and I don't I don't know if they hooked one or not in the big busbies. I'm not sure. All right. Well, you know, uh, Zach, it's really something. You've gone down there. You fished twice. You finished in the money twice, and this year especially with 120 other teams fishing down there. Quite an achievement, and congratulations on that, sir. Thank you. And, you know, we think we're the youngest team in history to weigh a qualifier and a podium. Myself, I'm 23, Sam's 27, and Evan's 25. So, I mean, all the credit to the crew and for the owners, you know, putting faith in the program. Um, I just was fortunate enough to go along for the ride and help out where I could. All right, and Zach, if people want to get a hold of you at uh, Cussler Yachts, uh, how's the best way to go about doing it? Yeah, people can call me whether it's a boat-related question, if they can't find a boat, or even if they have a business question and have been on the fence about fishing it or want you know some help along that. Uh, my number is 760-815-8866. I'm happy to always talk fishing and just help in any way I can. Well, uh, Zach, we appreciate you sharing uh, your experience with us in this year's Bisbee. Uh, go back to having a good time right now, and we appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you very much, and uh, it's always a pleasure being on the show. Uh-huh. All right, buddy. We'll tell Mikey I'll catch him or catch me when he gets back in town. Absolutely, Sam. All, All right, right, Zach, take care. Hey, Zach Zorn Thanks, from Cussler Yachts uh, with us telling about his participation in the Bisbee. But coming up next... Outdoor writer Gary Graham, he's going to be with us, and he's going to give us an overview on just what happened in this event. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come with Stan and myself after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at El Cajon Ford.com. 
Gabakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gabakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gabakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to uh, Rod and Reel Radio, and we're trying to give you a little update on the 2017 uh Bisbee Black and Blue uh, uh, Marlin Tournament. This was the 37th year that this tournament had been in effect. Now, our next guest, he's been reporting on this tournament for a long, long time, and he's here to report uh, on the 2017 event. I hope he's there. Outdoor writer for Western Outdoor News and many other things, Mr. Gary Graham. Gary, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Hey, thank (laughs) you, Gary, and and welcome uh, to the show. You know, there seems like there's been a lot of Bisbee tournaments uh, in the past few years, but I'm looking at some of the statistics from this tournament. The number of fish, the number of teams, the payout seemed to be pretty grand this year. What was your perception of the event? It was a great event. The um, uh, it just there was a lot. There weren't a lot of fish, but there were some big fish. There were some good fish to be had. And the guys that worked at it, um, if they were in the right place at the right time. The other thing that was kind of interesting was that for the first time since I've been coming down, I've been coming down quite a while, all, there were a fair amount of fish within 10 miles of radius, within a 10-mile radius of uh, IGY Marina. And some of the bigger fish came out, front, out in front of the lighthouse at Falso, and uh, that's pretty close. Wow. You're not kidding. That's just around the corner. Yep. And, well, actually, there was uh, one fish, one of the largest fish that came in actually in the tournament just before the offshore tournament, and uh, on Hooray, it was hooked 
in that area. They fought it and voted it at about 820 or something and were able to, they ran 40 at 40 knots to get back into the harbor, but they did get into the harbor and it was, uh, it was a caught fish and didn't get disqualified because of the nine o'clock. They cut off at nine o'clock. If you don't have it inside the harbor by nine, it lines out of the water at four, at five, so you have to have it back into the scale by nine o'clock, so you have to be inside the harbor by then. Boy, oh boy, that's kind of close. <laughs> Well, there's, there, Gary, there seem like uh, uh, some great fishing, some nice fish. Uh, the tournament is broken up into two days. Uh, uh, give us a little rundown about what happened on uh, day one and day two. Well, on day one, it got started pretty quickly. And uh, actually, it's a three-day tournament, not two. And um, the um, the first day, I believe, as I recall, that... Um, there were, just a second, I believe there were six fish caught on the first day, and the first fish was uh, weighed in. The first fish was hooked like at 8.30 in the morning, and by afternoon there were the 10, 10 brothers, which ended up catching two fish, hooked one, and they hooked one fish, a blue, and while they fought it, Almost in it, within a few seconds, another fish showed up on the tra- behind the transom. They dropped a 20-pound tuna back that was bridled, and it slapped, slammed it, and they hooked it, and then they ended up fighting one of them. We got one in about an hour, and the other one took about three and a half hours to get it up. Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, that one, that's some good teamwork. When that happens, when you can bait a fish while you've got another one on, and they're both qualifiers? Both of them qualified? Right. Holy mackerel, uh, yes, that took some work from some teamwork on the guys that were, you know, fighting the fish, and, and you have to maneuver around the boat. It's not like a, a sport boat, a lot of these things. You've got to go up a rail, and there's no rail to hold on to, and trying to hold on to a rod with a heavy drag, and those things aren't easy, especially those big reels. That can be <laughs> a quest in itself. Well, actually, most of those fish are caught. Most of these fish down here during this tournament are being fished on bent butt rods, and they're fishing out of a chair. Right, but if you have two on, somebody's not in the chair. Well, that's true. But, um, they um, anyway, the, there was uh, team. Let's see, the two of the three of the teams that uh, scored and actually collected money. Uh, Chinito Benito, I think you talked to Zach Zorn. Yes. Zorn, he was on that one. And that was on the first day. And Porque No was also on the first day. And it, um, uh, it, they had a qualifier as well and ended up in the, uh, in the check row on last night. So what, what was the, what did it take to get into the check line? Uh, the lowest fish, well, it, it depended because there were different jackpots. So right. that if you had, um, depending on what you were doing, it, it could uh, be as low as 360, I think was the lowest. Sea Bandit's fish was 569. That was the heaviest fish of the tournament. And, um, it was a, a they got it. I looked like... Uh, Anyway, I saw it. They hooked that fish up about 
2 o'clock in the afternoon. It took about, I think, I believe it was 45 minutes to land it. The um, Eugene, there's tag and release guys. They uh, there were three fifth, four fifth, one the top place, and three and two were the others um, for release fish. Those are only for uh, that's for any billfish. That's the only part. If they bring them to scales, they got to be blue or black, and they've got to weigh at least 300 pounds. Anything under that, they are penalized. They lose points. Right. Gary, what what kind of prize uh, fund uh, are these guys fishing for that you can draw 120 teams from literally around the world? That's correct. And I, the question was, what kind of prizes can they receive? Yeah, what what uh, what, are, what are they looking for? Uh, you know, obviously a trophy is nice, but there's got to be a, a little cash in the uh, the equation too. Well, Ten Brothers, the, the they won the most money. They did not win the. They didn't have the largest fish. But just as a rundown, Ten Brothers is a team from Chicago that's been coming for the last eighteen years, I think it is, and they have won. They are now on their second million dollars winning. This uh, this tournament put them into the second into a two million or close to two million category. They won nine hundred and sixty one thousand. Uh, one. $961,518.75. Wow. Wow. This was also a tournament, though, that coming in second place uh, wasn't bad either. No, actually, uh, second or the second team was Go Deeper 60, and it had $876,350 and so on. Sea Bandit, which had the largest fish in the tournament, and, but it depends on what uh, what uh, uh, jackpots are in. There is one society to enter the tournament all the way across the board is seventy two thousand five hundred. Okay, so there's a a substantial buy-in to, uh, in order to get a chance to play. Well, no, you can play. Uh, you you pick the categories, but if you buy into all of them, the base base entry fee, I believe, is five thousand. I know it's five thousand dollars. So then you add the categories. But as an example, they have what they call the chupacabra uh, category with division, which is basically a sixty thousand dollar pot, twenty grand a day. Mm-hmm. Now. Gary, it's been that's only been in effect two years, and it's been awarded both years. Right, uh, all of these uh, fish that come to scale it. Uh, just quickly, in my head, I'm looking at about eleven thousand pounds of fish, maybe more or something. What happens to all these fish after the tournament? Actually, what happens is that we have a group here that comes and picks up all of the fish. They volunteer to do it, and they come and they pick up. One of the things is regardless whether a fish is uh, it's a qualifier or not, all of the fish go to them. They then clean it, fillet it, package it, and then it's delivered to 11 different kitchens throughout, throughout the barrios and uh, outside of Cabo. In addition to that, they also have several orphanages that they also deliver fish to. Wow, so not, that that fish doesn't really go to waste. Uh, everyone has a no, great time catching it, and that 
And then uh, are there any, uh, besides this, are there any other charities that benefit, that, to, to your knowledge, from this event? Sure. There's, uh, uh, Bisbee has Conservation Green, which is basically their foundation, and in that foundation uh, they had a fundraiser, as a matter of fact, last night, an auction and a um, raffle, and all of the proceeds of that go to the scholarships of uh, children from starting with uh, kindergarten all the way through college, and all of those are funded um, in, advance, in advance when they sign one up, and they sign a, a group of them up each year and add to the, the total number. Now, for this tournament, too, you've got a lot of participants. You had 120 teams. But I am imagining that this turns out to be such a grand event that you also get a lot of spectators that, that come on down just to watch the proceedings of this event. It's, it's such a grand affair. Oh, yeah. The, the, uh, on the mall at the Puerto Paraiso is where they weigh in the fish, and that's, that's the party in itself. Uh, the, the, you can barely walk up and down the mall dur- at, during uh, the uh, weigh-ins, and then the Bisbees have their staff and have the girls up on the top of the scale throwing um, beads like they use in, um, in the Mardi Gras uh, out to the crowd, and the music's loud, and it's a party. <laughs> it's a, a, a party disguised as a fishing tournament, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a fun time, and and the Mexican the Mexicans and the Americans fight with the man. They're up there trying to catch those beads, and uh, they even had a, a pub crawl for all the sponsors on the on the day before the tournament Great. with a de- with a fire engine, and they blocked off the entire street out in front of uh, Tesaro, and uh, went from bar to bar and uh, bar hops all the way down the street, and the fire engine followed them, and they rode on that and threw more beads. They bought, they had, I think they told me they had 30-some-odd cases of beads this year. Oh, <laughs> A lot of beads flying. <laughs> uh, yes, there were. Yeah. And Gary, they hurt uh, if they hit you in, the wrong way. <laughs> in, in summarizing this event here, uh, do you think it was successful enough that maybe they said, you know what? We've been doing this for 37 years. Why don't we go for 38? Oh, I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> I can almost promise you they're going to go for 38. Bob, actually, the the founder, Bob Bisbee, is still he's still alive and was here. This he's here every year. He was oh, here great. again this year. Uh, he's getting a little. He's getting up there. He's 84, I think now. But uh, he and his wife were there, and they, he sat in the way station every afternoon and greeted all his old friends. So when you know when he first started this, it was just ten guys that were at a bar down in Cabo, and sit, and they managed to scrape ten thousand dollars up among them, and that's how it started. That was a, a bet, and whoever got the biggest fish got it. Wow. Gary, in general, uh, was the consensus of opinion, you were saying uh, that maybe more fish have come in, but overall, again, is the fishing picking up? Uh, is it uh, now at a, a, a pretty moderate pace? Uh, is it down, or, or how is it uh, looking for the, the fishing uh, there at uh, Cabo San Lucas? 
I'd say it's pretty good. I, I took pictures of a 200 of my renegade Mike who fishes down here. It texted me and asked me to come over and take a picture. He had a 245 and a 100-pound tuna, and uh, Wahoo have been pretty consistent. I would say Dorado are probably the only disappointment. They're mostly small. There are a few larger ones, but uh, the blue marlin, the black marlin have been not wide open, and the stripers, this is the time of year, they, they'll slow down a little bit, and then they'll pick back up. Now, up at Magdalena Bay above us, we're by about oh, 175 miles. I just talked to Pete Grosbeck that's up there last night, and he was doing, he had a, his uh, boss and their family there, and they were doing, they did 90 fish a day, uh, at least 90 fish a day release on uh, uh, stripers. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's when that stuff moves up outside of Mag Bay and starts eating the bait as it comes out uh, on that tide. There are massive schools of marlin up there. If you're on one of the sport boats and you're going through there, it's six six fish at a time all of a sudden on your jigs. Um, it, it can yeah, be pretty yeah, crazy. Uh, but any time you no get that small, the pla- there's no place in the pl- on the planet. It has as many, when they go off at, at Mag Bay, there's no place on the planet that could match it. No. Just as flat as not When I did film with Blue Planet uh, when they were doing the Open Ocean series and Guy Harvey when he was doing his Marlin series, and where did they come to do it? They came back to Mag Bay. Gary, even though this is a uh, uh, the black and blue tournament for black Marlin, blue Marlin, uh, uh, also, you were mentioning there was a, a, a preponderance of stripers there. Do the stripers ever get big enough uh, down there that they could qualify for uh, this event? I I can't say I've ever seen one that would get that big here. They do get that big. Too. Um, yeah, I've never seen one down there that big, though. Yeah. No, I haven't either, but I've seen... Um, and Susie Grimes, Jean Grimes, Captain Jim Grimes' uh, wife caught one that was like 318. That was back in uh, mid 80s, sometime. Wow! But, uh, yeah, yeah, that was well back. Some bigger fish. That was up there, up in Newport, outside of uh, Catalina. Well, you know, I know there's a lot more of this tournament that you've written about, Gary. If people want to follow you on the Bisbee Black and Blue Tournament or on other things that you're writing about when it comes to uh, uh, traveling and fishing in Baja. How's the best way to follow you and maybe even get a hold of you if they need some specific information? Actually, if they just type Gary Graham and Baja in Google, they'll find me. <laughs> well, I got a, I got a question before on, we leave. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm writing for Bisbee's on their tournaments, so I'm on their website. I'm on BD Outdoors. I'm on Pacific Coast Sport Fishing. I'm on Western Outdoor News. Uh, all of them have uh, have websites, and I've got stories on all of them. All right, I got one more question here. We got the 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 tuna jackpots coming up, and I know there have been some bigger tuna caught in the last couple of weeks. There, getting ready for this, and I know there's been a few over too. So, what do we see on that realm? There was a 304 caught three days ago, and the 245 I mentioned uh, was less than a week ago. Uh, there's some big big fish around. I, there'll be some. I wouldn't be surprised to see one that's bumping up on 300, maybe just a click over it. But uh, uh, there definitely are some fish here. It'll be. It's going to be an interesting tournament, and I think it'll have a good turnout. Um, I'm not sure of the. 
I have I have Pat just got here today, but I haven't talked to him. But I I know that they were expecting. They I believe they had 165 teams last year, if I'm not mistaken. So. Well, I know that I've got several friends that are fishing the event, and I know they were all looking around. There's a lot of speculation about the fish being around the corner because of the like where the where the uh, uh, marlin went up to Mag Bay, and the tuna a lot of times will push around that corner too, depending on the water temp, or they can stay down there in the gordo. So it'll be an interesting thing to see where they come from this year. Yeah, now gordo gordos were the biggest. Uh, two of the largest fish of the turn of the uh, black and blue came the same day, but they had been fishing there for well. I know Seabent uh, had been there, I think, for the entire tournament. But they hooked, hooked another handful of fish that they didn't uh, that didn't work out. And <laughs> bigger fish. Well, that's a traditional big fish spot, so doesn't surprise yeah. me. Wow, that's where the monsters live. Yep. <laughs> All right. And are you going to be reporting on that, uh, too, Gary? Uh, yeah, I'll be here. I'm going to be here. Um, the gang from Bisbee's is packing up and getting ready to leave, and I'll be here until probably next Sunday. All right. Well, Gary, I want to thank you for that report, and look for uh, Gary Graham's blogs from uh, the Bisbee uh, Black and Blue Tournament, and then coming up next week, I'm sure we'll be hearing uh, from you for the Western Outdoor News uh, uh, Tuna Tournament, and I believe that's run out of the East Cape, is it not? No, that's here in Cabo, that's, and that's it starts Cabo, on, yeah, it starts uh, pre-registration is Tuesday night. Their full registration is Wednesday. They fish Thursday, Friday, and awards banquets on Saturday. All right. Well, Gary Graham, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. I know it's probably been an exhausting week for you. We appreciate sharing the information with our audience, and we look forward to talking to you again in the not-too-distant future. Sure thing. Thanks for um, giving me the call. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Gary. Boy. Thanks. Bye. Well, cool. you know, that's an exciting time down in, in Mexico. I was there just before the uh, the tournaments started and did a little running around out there to see what was going on. Fish, but it was the fish that were being caught, and then they, a lot of them weren't talking about them, but every once in a while somebody hang one and it, it died, and they'd have to bring it in. Uh, we we were figuring the guys that I know that were fishing down there, Mike Arujo and, and Evan, those guys are going to have a pretty good time. So apparently they they did. It, they just didn't quite. 15 pounds, 14 pounds on a fish that big, that's kind of sad. <laughs> well, not only that, though, can you imagine baiting your your prey fish with a twenty pound tuna that sounds pretty exciting. Well, that you know when you when you go fishing, <laughs> you see the guys on the uh, on the internet. They're on the big boats, you know, the Indy and the Intrepid and the Rooster, and the guys are going down to Clarion and the Hurricane Bank. Those are just known as man baits. You know, you catch yourself a big skipjack or a small tuna. And they have what they call tuna tubes on the back end of those boats. It's a giant PVC tube that fills with water, and they put them head down, and they keep those. The water comes in from the uh, the bottom, goes through the gills, and rolls over the top. And those fish are are held just for baiting those big marlin. And uh, it's pretty impressive when you stick the you know a twenty odd hook or better in the back end of that fish and throw it overboard, and they clip the tail so that it makes it easy for that big fish to get them a lot of time. 
or they have them. They have, a lot of times they have them all wired up. So all they have to do is put the hook through, you know, with their nose basically, and throw it back behind the boat, and they actually skip them right into them. Oh. Which is it's an interesting thing to watch if you've never been to one of those tournaments. One of the best parts is when they shoot the flare off, and you see, you know, a hundred of these, you know, two million, three million dollar yachts all taken off at the same time. <laughs> it's it's uh, pretty not, pretty impressive. Not only that, but with the uh, uh, the background of the uh, the Cape there and those uh, boats going out, pretty great sight. Hey, Stan, we got to take a break right now. Uh, we're trying to get a hold of uh, Mike Franchek, and he is uh, trying to get a hold of us on a stat phone to give us uh, an idea of what Relentless Sports Fishing is doing on the two-and-a-half-day trip. So stay tuned. We're going to take a break right now, and hopefully we'll be back to you with a report. Stay tuned. Stan and I will be back after these messages. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866 so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Seems like we're having some difficulty getting a hold of uh, Mike Franchek from Relentless Sports Fishing. And so, Stan and I, we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, we can still talk about what is happening to this bite off of our uh, Southern California coast. And, uh, first of all, am I right? Uh, we cannot make contact with Mike? All right. Hey, Stan, uh, this bite, even though we're talking about the end of October, is 
it's almost like a, a, a summer bite. It's really incredible. Well, the fish are still out there. I was talking with Matt Newman uh, today, and we were chatting about um, he's, he's made some rods for, you know, fishing for the, the tuna that are out there, and they went out looking for that those schools that are out there of, of that, even the yellowfin are in that 30, 40, 50 pound realm that the, the, that's available and the bluefin that are still out there, uh, in that 50 to 80 pound realm also. There's a, there's schools of it. And Matt said that, uh, he was out and I think, um, gosh, doggone it, who is he with? Skeet Reese actually was out there with, uh, who was Bass Fisherman. Um, was out with Gary Mayhew and a couple other guys, uh, and they had they were working with a couple other boats. Matt was one of them, and they had seen uh, the fish come up and then die away. And then Matt found them, and they ended up coming back up and getting on that fish. And they were pretty much wired. Every every guy was wired on the boat for several hours, you know, just catching that better fish, uh, and then they left and let Matt get on them, and Matt said when they start taking off, they were headed to Catalina, and he couldn't even keep up with them, they were running so fast, right. so there are schools of it out there, you just got to be in the right spot at the right time, if you have a lot of bait, it'll help, that's for dog on sure, because they'll stay with the boat as long as you can throw bait, so. Well, just at the end of this week, too, I uh, got a report, and uh, uh, Wendy is uh, benefiting that from that right now because uh, Merritt McCray yep. went aboard the, the new Luand on a day-and-a-half trip and was there with uh, Lori Heath and Rob uh, uh, Tesler and a, a bunch of uh, other people, and they wound up limiting out on fish that were in the 50- to 70-pound range and yep. just had a grand time. And I understand the same thing is happening with the Ranger 85, and as you mentioned, a lot of the private boaters that are out there, and it looks like, you know, where we were, you know, talking about having to pin up flying fish or bounce uh, yummy flyers or whatever it is that these fish now are, are coming up, as Stan had said, on bait, and they are they are getting good fish on, on uh, fin baits. And the guys that have had a lot of bait fish are still having fun throwing out poppers and other things like that, and they're just getting on to quality fishing. That's, well, that's just the yes, and that, that fish is fun to catch, that 50 to 80-pound stuff. That's that's a blast. You know, manageable. <laughs> you actually can catch them. When you get into that really big stuff, it's hit and miss at best uh, when you get them on because most of the time you've got them on not the right hook. You've got a that small treble. When you look at them, they, you think it's a big treble on the base, uh, on the back end of these yummies that they're tracking around out there, or they've got like a nine knot hook. Well, a nine knot hook on a two hundred three hundred pound fish, you, you get him in the front of the mouth a lot of time and not the side. It's it's a crapshoot about whether you're going to get those in. So these eighty pounders that they're catching on bait, that is fun because you can get them, and I think it's two per person per day. Yes, is, is the limit. But when you got two eighty pound or fifty pound fish, you had a pretty good day out there. Now we're talking about the bluefin, but now what is also happening is the boats that are going out for the landing and the three quarter day, the overnight, and even the one and a half day range, they are just spanking the schooling yellowfin. And Stan, you're talking about three quarter day boats that are going out right now with 30 people, 35 people. 
<clears throat> and they're limiting out on yellowfin tuna on three-quarter day boats. See, now, that used to be Bonita. <laughs> 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 so when you start talking limits, a yellowfin on a three-quarter day trip, you know, the last that's a, that's a trip you're catching sand bass and barracuda and, and Bonita on, and all of a sudden you're getting limits of yellowfin is pretty doggone special for these guys. And I, the, these last few years have been just off the charts fun. Uh, you know, everybody looking. There was Wahoo around local. Some of the guys got them here uh, as of late. It, it's just phenomenal what is out there if the guys would just get out and go. Of course, we had a little windy weather. It was a pretty sloppy out there. Some of the boats couldn't get out. But if you get out there, you got a shot at catching a, a whole lot of different species right now. You Even know, now, that's pretty wild. And, Stan, you remember when, you know, we would go out in the late 60s, the early 70s, We'd get into some bonita. Well, they're getting into some big bonita. We're talking about double-digit bonita. And you know how we used to, you know, take the bonita, throw them into gunny sacks, water them down, try to keep them cool down. But by the time we'd get the bonita home, they were still not as good as they could have been. In this day of RSW, with these guys going out and catching double-digit bonita, and they can take these fish and throw them in the RSW that the, by the time they're getting them home, they're finding out, hey, you know what? This bonita is pretty good tasting. You know, we used to get them, and as soon as we'd catch them, if we could take an ice chest on the boat a lot of the time, because um, some of them would let you back when and some wouldn't. You know, you'd have the old gunny sacks around the, the bait wells there. But if you, you know, we'd gill them and, and uh, bleed them, and then hang them upside down, and then if you could keep them cool, as soon as we got them home, we'd put them in the smoker, and then we would immediately it would go into a brine tank on the way home. We'd have a bucket. We'd have salt and sugar brine, and we'd just put three or four of those, those bigger bonita because we used to fish the 10-pound boneheads or the spinning rod and 10-pound line just because it was fun, and you could. Uh, and that was the big challenge, you know, fishing – Fishing for those big boneheads on a spinning rod, light gear, was the, it was just our way of having fun out there. But when you can get them right fresh, we'd throw them in that brine bucket and get home, and we'd throw them on the smoker. Uh, and we'd, a lot of times we'd put them on a rotisserie uh, unit. You know, the, the old barbecues had the rotisserie thing. You could actually, you know, put the pins in on the side, and we'd wrap the fish with monofilament. It sounds a little crazy, and as it would smoke, you'd cut the the skin on the side so the smoke would could get through, and uh, the oils in the fish would keep the monofilament from breaking in 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 the heat of the the smoker like that. And we would smoke them before the football games, and at halftime we'd pull them off and have that hot smoked bonita with beer and crackers, and that was something special. All right. Hey, Stan, anyway, you know, if you guys are not getting our drift right now, what we are basically saying, you can get out during the middle of the week, especially in this upcoming week, do it at any one of the landings. Obviously, the boats are going out packed still on the weekend, so during the middle of the week the time to go. Call your landing like H&M Landing. Find out what boats are going on out. Make a reservation to go and get out there because you're missing out on some of the best fishing of the year. And you got a shot at big ones. I mean, how often can you say, I'm going to go off the shore, you know, somewhere 
south of Catalina and and have a shot at 60, 80, or 100-pound fish. No, right. Uh, hey, Stan, as I uh, promoted on Facebook, this is uh, our uh, our Halloween or our spooky show of the year because our guests we're trying to find tonight, they're on the move. We're tracking them from here to there. We've got two out of three of them. We're going to go, though, for our fourth guest tonight with elite angler Brandon Palachek. He is rocketing across the Nevada desert on his way to Las Vegas from Idaho. But we're going to try and catch up with him and tell you all about what's been happening to him in this 2017 fishing season because, indeed, it is an incredible story. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main at el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words code group in the App Store on your smartphone. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Stan Vandenberg and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. As we mentioned before, Wendy Tushahara she is at home right now uh, vacuum packing the great cut uh, that Merritt had aboard the, aboard the new Loan uh, bluefin tuna. So, Wendy, good job on that, and I know you're going to have a lot of great eating this winter. So, But we've been able to do it, ladies and gentlemen. We've caught up 
with the Bassmaster Angler of the Year for 2017 from the, one of the most unlikeliest places we'd ever think that you'd find a pro angler like this, Idaho, but he's with us now, Mr. Brandon Palinek. Brandon, welcome to Ron Real Radio, sir. Thank you. Glad to be on. Well, it is, and I'm glad we could catch up with you because I mentioned before you're rocketing across the Nevada desert trying to get down to Las Vegas. We appreciate you mm-hmm. taking a break to be with us. Yeah, not a problem. I'm glad, hey. I'm glad that I had service and then it worked out. All right. Hey, you're glad. We are very happy, too. Brandon, you broke upon the scene in 2011, uh, uh, but as I mentioned, you know, when we think of pro anglers, Okay, yeah, we have a few coming out from the west, but most of the guys are from the southeast, the northeast. All of a sudden, there's this young kid from Idaho that is beginning to shake up the circuit. And tell us a little bit about how you came onto the scene and how did you get the nickname The Prodigy? Well, uh, to start out with, I guess I got my start, like you said, in Idaho, uh, fishing I started about eight years old with a family friend. Nobody in my family fished tournaments. And uh, when I was 16, I started fishing what then was the Bass Federation Nation, and and now it's called the Bass Nation, and spent seven years trying to qualify for that because I knew at that, I knew at eight years old that this is what I wanted to do for a living. And so I spent as much time as I could trying to make that happen. And like I said, seven years later, 2010, I won the Federation National Championship and ended up qualifying for the elites in my first classic. And and the rest is kind of history. You know, made the classic on the elites my first year. Uh, was able to you know qual you know fish cut enough checks that I could continue to do it and. Um, yeah, now I've got three Elite Series titles and an Angler of the Year, and I think I got the the Prodigy name that was given to me by Dave Mercer as the Prodigy just because I think even though I've been around for seven years, I'm still one of the young guys, and he gave me that a couple years ago. And you know, just kind of one of the young guys that has a lot of ambition and work ethic and passion for the sport and I guess that's how I got the name. Well, yeah, being the child prodigy isn't a bad deal. You know, coming in and having, one, having the wherewithal to to be able to compete in the arena is is a gift. Not everybody has the talent to be able to do that. Uh, I'll give you credit for that for sure because there's a lot of guys out there that can fish that can't go out and can't get there to to be involved, but there's a few that have the chance, like you did in the Federation, to get to where you're all right, and you get the the shot where you win it, and then get to go Mm -hmm. into the Elite Series and and start competing with the best of the best, then you figure out, you know what, they put their pants on the same way I do, but to be able (laughs) to fish all the different baits that that comes across the the uh, tackle shop there and be able to do it well as a talent. So uh, I can see where, you know, the prodigy came into play there by the guys that are the older guys, you know, that they've taken years to get to the knowledge and the skills where you're at and you're just coming up and you're already beating them. That's a great thing. 
<laughs> I think uh, I think the learning curve has definitely gotten a lot quicker or a lot shorter. Um, you know, it just seems like there's so much more information out there with social media and the internet and magazines and you know YouTube videos and now you've got high school and college fishing and these kids are able to learn so quickly and I was kind of felt like I was coming into the sport right as all of that was really becoming more and more popular in the industry and and I was able to kind of grab hold of that right and that that was a huge help for me because being from Idaho I didn't have the opportunity to go fish a bunch of those lakes down south I had before I made the elites, uh, I had only fished on a lake that had shad like maybe three times in my life. <laughs> and so every, everything that I had learned was <laughs> through the internet and magazines and, uh, you know, just watching videos. Wow. Well, you know, you have, I think it's really cool, by the way. <laughs> you had, you had to find, feel that you were behind the, the eight ball a little bit because, you know, like uh, Stan and I and Wendy, we've had, uh, uh, for instance, Bryant College back in Tennessee. Here is collegiate fishing. Bryant College, the number one collegiate team in the country, but they're fishing against Alabama, Texas, Georgia, North Carolina. And this is a college that offers scholarships to come and bass fish with them. And then you get some guy from... Uh, 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 Idaho, come on down, and you get guys with great vision like Eddie Chambers that said, hey, this is one of the guys we need on the Zoom team because we know he's going to go up there and beat them up. That's a tremendous vote of confidence uh, uh, for you. Yeah, it is. And I try to be a really positive person, and I look at it, and you know, instead of saying I'm at a disadvantage, I look at it and say, well, maybe – Maybe it's an advantage for me. Maybe I look at the lake a little bit differently, and I'm able to discover things that most guys overlook. Yeah, maybe you know that right there is another gift because <laughs> not everybody has that awareness. If your yeah. confidence level is at that point where you can go, you can watch a guy fish and and know that you know what he doesn't fish like I do. I can go behind him and catch the fish that he's missed. They, uh, that's uh, a lot of people can't, don't understand that, nor can they do that. Um, but you know, having the availability of the internet and TV and all the things that you've had, you know, you didn't have to to go try to figure it out. You got information that you could go try and try yourself, and then hone your skills in that arena. Uh, and obviously, it's worked well to get a AOY. You know, Angler of the Year is no small feat. That's probably the Winning a tournament is one thing. Getting Angler of the Year is the big dog. Yeah, and it's it's one of those uh, those trophies where or those titles that you know it, when you it gets compared to the classic a lot. Sure, and and I think it just depends on who you ask which one is coveted more. I think amongst the guys that are competing for the Angler of the Year title. I would say a lot of them say, yeah, like Angler of the Year is a more impressive title to win. But from a business and media standpoint, uh, a brand-building standpoint for an angler, 
I think the classic wins there because it it gains so much media attention in such a short span that it does crazy things for guys' careers. Uh, you know, but it's it's one week versus nine months of fishing. Well, that's and I think that's where the the anglers look at it a little different. Well, that's the guys you compete against are are yep. top end guys, and for. Uh, each one of those guys knows that you've got to be consistent, consistently better than everybody else in, in the events to make that happen. That is a tough road. I don't care how you cut it. In any event, being the angler of the year, is that is an honor that not everybody gets, by the way, and a lot of guys covet that. You're right. If you're going to change your life, winning the Classic will change your life. <laughs> but you'll yeah. have the respect of everybody on the way. If you're an angler of the year and they know they got to beat you every time that you go fishing, there's an element of that that's very much worthwhile. Yeah, and I'm not a guy known for consistency, so I think it surprises everybody a little bit. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's talk about that because I think your 2017 season is probably an example of that. We talk about people having a roller coaster year. If we want to refer to your year as a roller coaster year, year, you probably earned the title of having the biggest dipper of anybody, and you had what was a record-breaking year, even though at the time it probably didn't seem like that. If you will, Brandon, go over the trail that you took in 2017 and the ups and downs that you had, and finally the gold ring that was Angler of the Year at the end of the season. Yeah, I would say overall, my year was incredible. Uh, every tournament, uh, except one, I felt like I made really good decisions and really fished the conditions day to day. You know, we started off in Okeechobee, and I was really looking forward to that one because I'm a guy that really likes to chase smallmouth and. Everybody knew coming into that one that smallmouth would play a big role. And, you know, I, I went there and I did things a little bit different than guys. I was catching smallmouth in the morning and 30 to 40 foot of water, and then I was running way up the river and I was cranking up largemouth on a Rapala DT flat seven in five to seven foot of water. And, you know, and I would do both those things in one day and was able to make a top 12. And that was the best start that I had had to date on on the elite series you know usually at we go to florida and i'll start out very well or you know just mediocre and then so i thought man i got a really good start here you know the back half of the season looks great like i just need to get through okeechobee for whatever reason me and florida don't mix and so we go to okeechobee and i actually really enjoy fishing okeechobee like the lake's beautiful i like fishing heavy cover punching, flipping, all that stuff, throwing a chatterbait. And lo and behold, I make the bad decision, got a little hard-headed, and finished 105. And so at that point, I was like, well, you go out of top 12, and you got four points from Okeechobee. So you're pretty much right in the middle of the pack now. And you know, I don't I don't look at points. Uh, I just... I knew that I was going to really have to catch him. Even to make the classic, I was going to have to catch him really good the rest of the year. And and I really just went out and tried to catch as much weight 
as possible every single day that I could. And, you know, that just sounds cliche and something that you think every guy does, but there's a lot of you know, other factors, guys, you know, worried about cash and checks or worried about, you know, points for the classic or angler of the year. And for me, I just went out, you know, never laid off of them and made, made all those decisions I, that I thought I needed to do that I could catch as much weight as possible. It may not have always been the winning fish, but I was always trying to win and trying to catch as much as I could myself. And, you know, we go to go to Toledo Bend after Okeechobee, which is a place that had a lot of success, and figured out a great pattern, made some really good decisions. Uh, you know, like, first two days I did one thing fishing offshore, and then day three, I just decided to bail on it and go throw a swim jig in two foot of water. And I ended up making a top five. And, <laughs> nice. And, and, yeah, and it was, you know, great. So we go to Sam Rayburn, never been there before. Get on a great pattern at Sam Rayburn, end up winning at Sam Rayburn. So that qualified me for the classic because it is our Toyota Texas Fest event. And, so I didn't have to worry about points for the classic anymore. So I really just went fishing the rest of the year and continued to catch as much weight as I could. And, uh, you know, I think, and then I had another top 12 at Dardanelle. And we had a little bit of a break. And we, then we started our northern swing. And for me, I knew when the schedule came out that if I could just be in a good position, or at least, you know, have a shot at Angler of the Year going into the back half of the season, that I would have a really good, legitimate shot at Angler of the Year. And, you know, I didn't really know where I was at coming into St. Lawrence River, but I knew I was doing, having a pretty good season. I just was still unsure of how bad Okeechobee hurt me. And uh, St. Lawrence River, I completely bombed the first day. It was a 72nd comeback. Day two, make a gamble, run 95 miles the opposite direction, catch 25 pounds of fish, <laughs> and, and jump all the way from 72nd and play. And, uh, you know, it, it was moments like that that happened over and over again. And that, that tournament was where I took the lead of the Angler of the Year. Uh, I had no idea. Trip Weldon, our tournament director, walked up, asked if I wanted my check, and I thought he meant my third place finish check. I said, yeah, of course, Trip, I want my check. And he hands me the Angler of the Year bonus check and says, well, you're going to find out sooner or later. That's pretty cool right there. That was a pretty cool way to find out that I was leading Angler of the Year. And, uh, and, and then, I mean, we went, you know, very next week we went to Champlain. I finished third place again there. Uh, went to St. Clair and lost a few points, finished 29th, and Christy ended up winning and went into Malax in a really tight horse race with, between me and Christy and even Wheeler was right there and uh, you know was able to get on a good game plan did exactly what I wanted to do going into that event and stay consistent and was able to bring the trophy back to Idaho wow. so what did you do that in that tournament to catch your fish in that last tournament uh, for me I was targeting a lot of isolated structures so isolated boulders uh you know, or maybe like a little isolated rock vein on a sand flat, uh, grass patches, and you know, places that I could 
really be efficient with my electronics. I could pull up, drop my trolling motor, and look at my Hummingbird 360 and really just pick apart a small area. And, and that allowed me to fish a lot of different waypoints and different types of structure and be time efficient. And it kind of helped keep me calm where if I pulled up to a place and I didn't get bit, I wasn't relying on just one or two places. I had 70 or 80 places that I could go fish where I felt like I could catch a four-plus pound smallmouth. Right. And I just continued to run. Can we take a break right now we, uh, and come yep. on back? Can you stay with us a little longer? Of course. All right. Hey, uh, Stan and I were talking to Brandon Palinick. He is the 2017 BASS Elite Angler of the Year. We're talking about the road that got him there, so stay tuned. There's still lots more Ron Real Radio to come with Brandon, Stan, and I after these messages. I like rafting. I love whitewater. But I never forget that snowmelt in the river can cause cold water shock. I wear a life jacket always. Anyone with me has got to do the same. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, it's Tony Gwynn. Nobody treats you better. Nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hi, it's Tony Gwynn Jr. For years, my dad said it so often. Nobody beats El Cajon Ford, and nobody treats you better. And that's so true. Now I am proud to join the El Cajon Ford team because with them, it's all about family. They treat you right. You're part of our family at El Cajon Ford. Thanks, Tony. We'll see you at Broadway in East Main and ElCajonFord.com. Hey, Stan and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. But more important, we want to welcome Tony Gwynn Jr. to the Alcohol Ford family. Boy, we had a great tradition, almost 30 years with Tony Gwynn representing Alcohol Ford. And now Tony Gwynn Jr. with us. So, Tony, welcome to the family. Let's hope we have many more years of this association and much success to you. Well, Stan and I, we're speaking with the Bassmaster 2017 
Angler of the Year, Brandon Palinick. He's calling us from points unknown somewhere in Nevada on his way to Las Vegas. Uh, Stop somewhere where he had cell reception. Brandon, I hope we still have you. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us and tell you tell our listeners your story. Yeah, yeah. I'm always glad to share my story and uh, hope that maybe it motivates a, a few people that might not take the shot at it. Yeah, well, you were telling us about the last tournaments that you fished where uh, you were in a... Uh, a, a, a three-dog race for Angler of the Year, and uh, uh, what finally happened. Uh, finish that story, and then also let us uh, tell us about some of the techniques and some of the lures that got you where you are today. Yeah, uh, to finish up talking about Malax, I was just saying that I was fishing a lot of isolated structure, using my Humminbird 360 to break that structure down, you know, the isolated stuff. And I was approaching it as a, a way to really be time efficient, fish quick. And I was targeting that mostly with a drop shot. And I was throwing a Zoom Super Fluke. And I was throwing it on an Alpha Angler DSR rod. And then a Daiwa Exist spinning reel. And throwing it with 15-pound Seaguar Smackdown braid and an eight pound Seaguar top two liter and just a, a three eighth ounce drop shot weight and actually threading that bait on there, threading the Zoom Super Fluke just like you would a jig head. And I was yep. using a two watt straight shank hook. And yes. that really allowed me to uh, keep one, keep the bait straight. Uh, but it also allowed me to get a really good hookup on those fish that wanted to maybe short strike the bait a little bit. And and I pretty much kept that rod in my hand. Uh, I had a little swim bait I'd throw here and there, but that drop shot bait is pretty much my go-to the entire time because I had so much confidence in it. And I well, that's a, way, that's a fish catching tool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if you want to catch numbers, that's the tool. Well, uh, also... Yeah, exactly. uh, 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 let me also tell you that if you want to catch halibut out here in our local flats and our local bays, that is absolutely one of the number one ways to catch halibut is to drop shot and uh, use that straight shank hook, maybe put it uh, 24 inches, a little higher, above the weight, and then thread that uh, that Zoom super, super Fluke on, uh, whether it be in a, you know, a pearl or a... a uh, a nice color, or even a great color for halibut out here is rainbow trout. But it it catches fish, freshwater and saltwater, and and it looks like something that uh, you've developed for uh, uh, catching smallmouth because it really uh, really sticks to fish really well. Yeah, it does. And it, I actually funny you mentioned my other species on that because I kind of adopted that from drop shotting for lake trout around yep. home in the wintertime. And we catch them like 180 feet deep drop shot, and that's how we rigged it a lot of times. And, and you, you always seem to hook them so well. And, you know, for those little bit larger profile baits, I started doing that bass fishing. And when you don't need it to be weedless, you can just thread it on there like a jig head. You really can't get a better hookup. I mean, it just tags them and keeps them stuck. And... 
it's probably my favorite way to throw it if I can get away with it if I'm throwing a big enough profile bait. You know, drop shot fishing, uh, it, it, it's a, a technique that I think a lot of the Western guys brought back there to the uh, the tournament, Aaron Martins, John Murray, and Dean Rojas, and uh, Skeet Reese, and even some of the guys, uh, you know, uh, Roy Hawk uh, that you see there, Clifford Perch. Uh, but is is that a technique now that, you know, guys that are fishing back there are kind of recognizing as another tool to uh, uh uh, to use on, when on the trail? Yeah, I would say it's a highly utilized tool among all the elite guys. Uh, you know, even the guys that are hardcore, shallow water fishing guys, they know that there are certain situations when they need to pick up a drop shot. Uh, and, you know, and it, it seems like even in the last few years, guys have really started to come around learn the technique better and, and really utilize it a lot more because it, it'll catch fish all times of the year, everywhere we go in the country. You know, it's just a matter of you know, applying it to the right situations and the right baits and, and getting around the right fish. You know, Brandon, even out here now, a lot of guys are, are employing what they call the double shot method, and that's, you know, rigging up the traditional drop shot, but instead of having... Uh, the weight on the bottom, like a cylindrical weight or a tungsten weight or something like that, they'll actually hook a jig head on the bottom with another lure, and so that jig head will be the the weight that they're using. So they've got the jig head on the bottom, and uh, uh, the drop shot uh, uh, maybe 18, 24 inches uh, above that. Is that a technique that uh, you guys can use on tour, or is that using too many hooks? It used to be. But now we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to have two baits on one line. I see. And so we're, that's a, a no-no anymore. <laughs> and those guys are keeping you from having a lot of fun. Well, I know. Hey, well listen, you're getting ready to fish the, the, you know, the, the, the biggest tournament of them all. You know, you're not quite ready because I think you have a couple of uh, – uh, 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 pro bass uh, events coming on up, but the Bassmaster Classic, Lake Hartwell, is that a lake that you're familiar with? Uh, I have very limited history on Lake Hartwell. I was there the last time we fished it for the Classic. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, but I actually really enjoy the lake. I like the way it fishes. We're going a little bit later this time of year, and I think fishing should be phenomenal. Should be really good in the go, and you know, obviously it depends on what Mother Nature throws at us between now and then. But it, it should be a really good classic. The people there are awesome, which is always important when we're having a classic. So we should have great crowds, and you know, the fishing should be pretty good and decent weather around mid March. You know, uh, Brandon, uh, we're getting to the you part of have the really good fishing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're getting to the part of the interview where we ask the guys to talk about their sponsors and everything like that. But I know with you, coming from Idaho, that, you know, in the beginning, you were not able to attract a lot of sponsors. And it took a lot of your own personal monies and family monies. Uh, tell us just uh, briefly, how important a factor was your family 
to uh, your pro fishing? Uh, it, financially, minimal, very minimal. From a like mental standpoint, just everything. Uh, you know, to be able to have the support of your family to push you know, push you to go out there and chase your dreams and you know, do something that really nobody from Idaho has done. You know, it's, it's hard enough to make it, right? There's only 110 of us each year that fish on the Elite Series. So it's a pretty small percentage. And then you throw in doing it, you know, 2,500 miles away from where the majority of the people live, and it just makes it that much more challenging. So having, you have to have a really good support team, and, and my family will compete with the best of the best in that. That's great stuff right there. No, you're not kidding. You know, I, I was interested in, in reading up a little bit about you that in the beginning your mom encouraged you, and the reason why I was laughing is I've heard this from so many of the pro anglers, especially some that we know a little more intimately here from the West Coast, that uh, uh, your mom said, hey, listen, uh, you know, this fishing is going to be plan A for you, but you also better come up with a plan B. And tell me, you haven't been working on a plan B very well, have you? <laughs> no. No. I, uh, that was part of my angle of the year speech, saying that you know, my mom did tell me that, you know, it's awesome, follow your dreams, love to see you do it, but you need to have a plan B. She was just, you know, being, playing her motherly role, and she knew, she knew how hard it was to make it. I was oblivious to it. Like, there was no thought in my mind that I was going to do anything else. So I just only told her, you know, why do I need a plan B if I'm not going to fail at plan A? <laughs> and that was, that was my response, and glad to be able to say to this day that I didn't have to go find a plan B. Well, listen, I know that you've probably had some great sponsors that have been supporting you to get you where you are. Why don't you name a few of them for us at this time? Yeah. Definitely love to. Uh, my biggest one is Rigid Industries, LED Lighting. Uh, they've been my title sponsor for five years now, and I've been with them for six. And you know they've done an incredible job supporting me, supporting the industry, and making really good products for everybody. And uh, then Skeeter Boats, Yamaha Outboards, uh, Stormarashi, Hardbait. Rapala, VNC, Terminator, got Zoom, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Alpha Angler Rod, uh, I'm going to forget somebody, GoPro, Buck Knives, got Seaguar Fishing Line, Hummingbird, Minkota, Bolt Lock, Belong Performance. I got a whole list of them now. I went from having zero to having a whole bunch of them. <laughs> Something to be said for, for, being a, for winning, one. Something about and winning. And I'll tell you yeah. what the other yeah. part is is wow. and it sounds like you're doing a great job of that is being consistent consistently catching fish consistently weighing fish once you're if you're a consistent angler you're going to win <laughs> i don't care what they say you're going to win for your a lifelong achievement stuff that that'll keep you going there buddy hey and and not only that brandon congratulations for having the BASS record that you took away from Aaron Martins of being 
one of the lowest finishers in a regularly scheduled event, and still to come back and be Angler of the Year. That's, uh, that's one heck of an achievement, especially not getting down on yourself and still going out there and performing. Congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm, that's a title I'm actually somewhat proud of. <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like one of those titles that no one is going to be able to take away from you, Brandon. <laughs> it's going to be tough to do. All right, <laughs> much lower than I did. So, Brandon, <laughs> we're going to let you get on. We're going to let you get on the road again. We want to thank you very much. I know it's getting late there, and you're trying to get to Las Vegas. Thanks for spending the time, for being with us and sharing. Uh, uh, you know, some of your story. And we look forward to having you again real soon because that means you probably won the Classic, and that would be just super sensational. Yep. Go ahead and schedule me in right now. We'll just talk it. That's, I'm all in there, bud. Hey. <laughs> uh, thank you. Hey, thank you. That was uh, Brandon Palinick, and he is the 2017 Bassmaster Elite Angler of the Year, and and what a ride it was for him to, to get there. Hey, before we take a commercial break, let's, let me just make a couple of announcements of events that are coming on up. First of all, put this date on your calendar, November 12th. November 12th is the Wounded Warrior Tournament at Lake San Vicente, sponsored by El Cajon Ford. Going to be a $200, uh, $280 entry fee. $200 will go towards the Wounded Warrior Organization. $80 will go into the prize fund. There'll be free turkeys for every participant. This is November 12th at Lake El Capitan. Get a hold of Jim Slife at 619-447-0244 or find out all about this event at San Diego Teams on Facebook. And, hey, we're going to take a break. One more announcement coming on up also Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. Stan and I, we've got to go for just a minute. We'll be back, though, after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program it is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. 
Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archived shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio, everyone. Stan... What a great interview with uh, uh, Brandon, uh, uh, especially suffering that setback on Lake Okeechobee. You know, you're, you're in for Angler of the Year. You're working on basically your own money to fish these tournaments. So you need to fish, uh, you know, you need to get in the money to keep yourself going. And you finish 105th in a tournament when you're going for that gold ring of Angler of the Year. Pretty, pretty good comeback story. <laughs> You got to swallow that pill and just keep going. And I think the the key to success for any of the guys that are going to fish in in the tournament arena, especially with a group of talented anglers like that, you can never beat yourself up for having a bad day. That just happens. Everybody's going to have one. But to continue on and then be consistently good in all the rest of the events to come out angler of the year is pretty special. I got to give them credit. Being consistently good. Or just be a, a consistent fisherman. He goes, I just wanted to catch you know as many big ones as I could. Well, that's the idea to go out there and continually get your confidence up to where you know you can catch them. And if you have a bad one, all right, kick that one to the curb, but get going again because once you can get over that hump and you start catching your fish in the tournaments, you know things change and and look where it got him. Uh, it to, to be angler of the year against a group of guys is that tough is pretty special. All right. I, and I think that's a story that any of us in any of our occupations or pursuits should follow because, uh, you know, it, nothing happens easily. We have setbacks, yet you still keep on going. You learn from them. And sooner or later, you'll find success. Hey, Stan, let me tell you, there's one more big event before we get to Captain Jim Nelson coming on up. This is Saturday, November the 25th. It's the Angler Swap Meet. It's at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa. Hey, sellers are going to sit up at 6 o'clock. Buyers will be allowed in at 7.30. It's our big parking lot swap meet sale of the year. It's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's Small Business Saturday. So make plans to be with us Saturday, November the 25th at Angler's Arsenal. If you like to get a hold of us and be a seller here, there are some spaces still available. You can get a hold of us uh, on Facebook at, uh, at Ron Real Radio or at Angler's Arsenal on Facebook, whatever it is. Let us know you want to be part of the program. It's a fun day. Come on out here. Get a little extra cash for the upcoming holiday and or pick up that little special gift that you think maybe Santa Claus might not have enough room in a sleigh to get to you and put underneath the Christmas tree. Sounds good to me. Yeah, hey, you know, I've got to tell you, John, we had the first major league fishing event in California this weekend at Cast- up at Casitas. When, maybe when we're done with Jim, uh, we can talk about that one, one a little bit. won't take well, long. 
Yeah, let's do that. Hey, and now it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report with a fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James Nelson, what the heck have you been doing out there since we last talked to you? Well, John, we just made it home from Legoland with the kids today. I had a little trip out there. So, <laughs> How I mean, was that like, Jim? I just got in the door and got on the phone with you. <laughs> hey. As a matter of fact, I got, I got me a carny side of case of DOA. So not well, you know what, or anything, but... Jim, I, and I've got to tell our listeners, with as busy as your schedule is and a lot of demand for your time, you try and leave Sunday for activities with the family and, of course, to be on Ron Real Radio. And I've got to applaud you for that because uh, uh, this is kind of your day of rest and kind of time to let the kids know, hey, this is uh, what Dad really looks like instead of seeing them running out the door at 6.30 in the morning or coming right back, you know, beat up at 6.30 at night after working all day. Exactly. Exactly. It's all good, man. It's You know, we've got a great time of year to, to just enjoy the waterways. I mean, when you think about just what it's like out there or what it has been, especially this week alone with uh, the way, it, I mean, we had that heat wave. And there's, uh, you know, I even told you when I came out to the shop, I mean, I was waiting for a day to cool off before I could get out there. I was running out of supplies, but every day I thought about going out there. I'm thinking, I don't want to go to Mesa in 100-degree weather. <laughs> <laughs> especially, I mean, I'm on the water. There's some days we're wearing our hoodies until 11 o'clock, and then, you know, then I come home, and I'm stripping down and even in Chula Vista because it's so hot. But, you know, it's been beautiful in the water. Well, you know, and let's talk about that because you're talking about San Diego Bay. It's been really red hot, but a lot of people don't have access to the bay because of the shelter all in launch ramp being closed. And then you have Mission Bay, which a lot of people kind of overlook because they, they don't think about it as being the fish-producing waters that San Diego Bay is. T- tell me, what are you doing with this situation occurring the way it is right now? Well, there's three other launch ramps in San Diego Bay that are open to the public, and then there's another one if you're DOD uh, certified. Um, so, you know, if you're military or, you know, likewise. And uh, so there's plenty of other options. And, you know, and then there's, there's always, I, I know guys that are actually slipped, so, you know, there's ways to get on the water. There's no 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 uh, issue there uh, through San Diego Bay. But even still, this is a great time of year to be on Mission Bay. I mean, you're you're talking a lot less water sport activities, uh, so you don't have to worry nearly as much about some of the areas that might get congested from skiers and uh, jet skiers. So it's just a a lot more fun to enjoy at this time of year. And I, I haven't been on Mission Bay. I'll be on Mission Bay this week. Um, but as far as San Diego Bay, John, that water is still 71, 72 degrees oh back there. Wow. And that's just, I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, and I just know from experience, if Mission Bay is even close to that, and I know it's going to be a little cooler, but even close to that still this time of year, and that, that bay is still in the 60s, gosh, that, that's going to be some good fishing. Well, you know, Jim, I've I got to tell you, too, this week I've had two instances. I've had one fella that has retired from his job, and he goes, I, I, I want to learn how to go fishing, but I've never been fishing. I, I don't even know who, how to begin. Do you got a book or you got something I can, I can read to learn about going saltwater fishing? And then I had a, a lady in here just on Friday that says, I've got my boy growing on up, and I want to really teach him how to fish, but I don't even know how to fish myself. I, how do I go about 
taking this information and transferring them to you. And the, the first thing we thought about was Captain James Nelson, because Captain James is fishing on San Diego Bay, fishing on Mission Bay. He is turnkey. He's got the gear. He's got the lures. He's got the goodies you can munch on. The bays are great <laughs> to fish on if, you've, if you're worried about being on a, a body of water where it might get kind of, kind of sloppy. The bays don't. Yet at the same time, you go out with Captain James Nelson, and he will instruct you how to fish. You're just not accompanying him on a fishing trip. This is your fishing trip, and he's going to spend his time showing you how to do it. And I've got to tell people, if you're in the same boat, there's no better deal than to rent a guide out, especially a guy like Captain James Nelson, to show you the places to go, to show you the techniques, to show you the um, the tools to use so you don't go willy-nilly into Big Five or wherever it is and just buy things indiscriminately and find out that, hey, they don't even fit your need at all. And, and Jim, that's something you specialize in and literally do all the time. Well, yeah, thanks, John. I, I, and I always appreciate when I, I hear it from people, and I've heard it from the two that you were talking about, that, uh, you know, they say, oh, yeah, John Cassidy, you know, gave me your number, or Chuck gave me your number, and they always mention the shop, and I do appreciate that a lot. And, uh, you know, when it comes to our fisheries, you know, I, I look at it as uh, the guides that I've had in the past where, you know, I, I've been around, and, you know, when I used to fish up, uh, uh, pro-ams, and a lot of times uh, I, I would be on the schedule enough. There's close-off periods on professional tournaments, so excuse the tangent, but there's close-off periods where you can and where you can't hire local guides. And sometimes I'd be in, in a situation where I'm leaving an area, but I've got time because I know I'm going to be back in, within a month and fish a tournament at a certain body of water. I'll, I'll, you know, I'd hire a guide. And there's certain guides that that I've been with, either that and those instances or on vacation, and there's different types of guys. Everybody runs things a little differently, so I'm not going to knock how people do it, but the ones I've, I've always liked were the ones that actually had me doing the fishing, that, you know, maybe they had a rod in their hand just long enough to show me what to do, but I didn't feel like I was supposed to net their fish for them. And I, I, I believe it or not, I've had guides do that. Mm-hmm. I've had guides that were just up on the bow the whole time. All I saw was the back. And they barely said a word, and a lot of times, you know, the only time they did say anything is when they asked for me to net their fish, and I'm like, I'm paying you. So I've always, you know, looked at who I wanted to be like and who I didn't want to be like, you know, and you see these, these guys that are, especially in Florida, on these flats boats, and they're up in the back, and they're pulling, and they don't have a rod. The only rod they got in their hand is a, you know, 20-foot-long pole. You know, that they're push-pulling <laughs> for you, you know, or you see these guys that are uh, river guides, you know, and their their whole thing is keeping the, the boat from smacking in the rocks for you, you know, the drift boat guides. I, to me, those are the guides, you know, those, those are the types of guys that I kind of model after, and sometimes I have single fishermen they come on board and they're just like hey put a rod in your hand you're making me nervous just standing there <laughs> hey, hey, Captain James, i literally we're, heard we're that really, phrase man i'm kidding yeah, you know. really i can we're, identify with that we're really <laughs> short on time uh, for tonight uh, but uh, you know we're gonna have to have you on next week tell us a little more about conditions but tell us quickly how can we get a hold of you and find out what your schedule is so we can uh, start scheduling around especially with some of these holidays Coming on up, we want to take the kids out. We're coming into San Diego or whatever it is. Well, one way or the other, guys, it's beautiful. Whether you go with me, uh, you know, rent a boat or go with another guide or 
jump on one of our great sport fishing fleet, whatever. Just get on the water. It's beautiful out there. Uh, you can reach me at thefishicon.com, or you could also uh, check uh, Angler's Arsenal, check a Rod Reel Radio, or telephone, 619-395-0799. All right. Thank you, Jim. We'll uh, check in with you again next week, and thanks a lot for being with us. Absolutely, guys. Always fun, and, and thank you. All right. Be well, hey, Jimmy. Hey, uh, Stan, we're going to short sheet you over here, but you said you had to mention about Major League Fishing. we got about 90 seconds. Well, Major League Fishing, the first event ever in the West Coast, happened at Lake Casitas this last weekend, and 18 guys fished mano a mano to see who could win for uh, the most fish and most pounds one day. And uh, my brother Ken, the uh, came in third uh, with uh, eight keeper fish. Uh, right after that, uh, about later in the day, a guy named Cody Kurtz came in with uh, a, a ten fish and just just outweighed him by a smidgen. And then uh, another gentleman by the name of Fred Clinshaw ended up winning the event and taking home the the uh, glass trophy, the first one ever uh, in our arena out here. Had a got a one pound nine ounce bass. Uh, bass that last minute that pushed him past Cody Kurtz and took home the first victory for a uh, first ever major league bass fishing event on Lake Casitas, which was pretty cool. I got to give him credit to Rich Tauber, who uh, runs the events up there. A good time was had by all, and there'll be some more happening in the spring. All right. Well, Stan, that's it for tonight. Uh, Jorge has just told me he's about ready to pull the plug. He's got his hand on the switch. So, hey, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's it for tonight. Thanks a lot for uh, listening. Now you can go back. If you're not protesting the NFL game, there's one there. Rumor has it there's a baseball game out there. If you're tired of looking at the talking heads uh, talking about who's going to get indicted tomorrow, you can go back to that now. There's all kinds of stuff out there happening, but get out there and get them. They're getting away. On behalf of Jorge, Big Tuna Bill, always in memory of him and Eddie McCune, Thanks, Ben Harvey, for doing all that you do. And always, in memory of our good friend, Paul Leader. Thanks a lot, everyone. You take care. Go out and get them. We'll be back next Sunday night at 5.05 p.m. with another live edition of Rod and Reel Radio. Until then, we'll see you on the water. We're out for now. I can prove it. You ain't got no ambition. Gone fishing.